All right, welcome back to another episode of Finding Peaks. Uh, very excited to be here today uh, on this new day, yeah. different episode. Um, as promised over the many episodes we've done so far, we're going to start bringing guests on uh, moving forward and creating different um, hosts within the process. And uh, so to my left here today is um, President, Founder of Peaks Recovery Centers, Christopher Burns. And Hello, everybody. Welcome. Thank you. Good energy. Also, uh, my brother, too, just in case, or just to create awareness around that. Yeah. We got the Burns last name. Full younger disclosure. brother, don't let the hairline fool you. <laughs> I am younger. Yeah. 14 months. 14 months. And then to my right here, of course, as you all know, our chief clinical officer, Jason Friesma. Stepbrother. 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 <laughs> born in the fire, on the mountains, <laughs> and so forth. So, um, well, excited to have you here today, Chris, with us. Um, uh, and then in the future, I think you're going to bring a great deal of energy in a variety of different ways to not only these episodes, but I think the recovery journey and engaging the audience with that. We are the original, we're the OGs, right, of Peaks Recovery Centers. We were there in the beginning, certainly you created it, invited us into the process. And so I think today it would just be uh, fun and interesting and insightful to um, kind of look at the past where we started what we thought recovery was as a journey back then, where we've come today, and um, you know what it looks like and what are those differences, and then what have been those interesting challenges and in-betweens and, and so forth. So, um, so yeah, I feel like we gotta start here with your energy. Nice, grateful to be here in your, both of your presence. I've watched, this is episode nine. I, know, I think we're Ten. over that. Are we? Yeah, I know. I get why you get it wrong, man. Yeah, because yeah, the last one I watched, I think. Yeah, whatever. No, grateful to be here. I've loved watching you guys collaborate and bounce ideas off of each other, and um, I think it's been really uh, informative in a lot of aspects. And so, grateful to be here and spread some positive energy, some recovery-oriented energy, um, which I have a ton of. Uh, but I want to start with this um, mental healthy shirt that I got, and I got it from a past client. He texts me was here uh, a while back, and he texted me and said, hey, I wanted to send you something. What, which, what size shirt do you wear? And so he sent this through, and it's a, just a really cool thing. It's um, uh, Men's Health as well as Roan Athletic Gear doing a collaboration for Men's Mental Health Month as well as Pride Month, and then uh, Mental Health Awareness was last month. So just really inviting all men um, to engage in their mental health and to take that seriously. And, um, I think that's probably one of the bigger things um, that's changed about Peaks over the last seven years, is really this opportunity to go from where I started it in 2014, which was a really heavy emphasis on a 12-step foundation and approach to care. Um, you know, we had great therapists, but we were really missing kind of insights into curriculum, trauma-informed care, and things like that. Um, but we had that heavy emphasis on connection in the community with the 12-step way of life. And, you know, I believed in that wholeheartedly. And I still believe in a lot of the safety and connectivity that the 12-step way of life provides. Certainly, there's a lot of great things in there. Um, but I think to, to set in that and to build a model of care out of that is to say that from that one day in 1935 in Akron, Ohio, um, when Alcoholics Anonymous was formed, that we haven't learned anything moving forward. Because most certainly Alcoholics Anonymous hasn't changed at all. They've been tried and true um, over the last nearly 100 years. And so uh, I had a heavy belief system on that, and we, that's what we wrapped peaks around, um, this idea that nobody cares what you know until they know that you care, with a heavy emphasis on community integration. 
Um, and, and really, why wouldn't we? Because the resources weren't there. Um, and we had really good results um, throughout those first years, first few years of Peaks Recovery. But wouldn't you say, Chris, that you started, I, I, would, I think I've told you this before, mm -hmm. but I think you kind of started Peaks you started a treatment center and you didn't believe in treatment. Mm, you believe in me. AA. Yeah, <laughs> boom, zinger. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I can remember sitting in treatment at 20, 21, and 22, and them sitting there in those trauma weeks, and I'm just like, I'm just not finding it. Mm. Sat with a young adult the other day, a 20-year-old, like, I just can't find my inner child. I'm like, I can relate. Yeah. Because um, I didn't believe in the efficacy behind treatment behind clinical modalities because my life had been saved, repaired, and reformed through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. But what I learned through that was it's just a very close-minded approach to helping people. Um, but it was so much to me and it was such a breath of fresh air. You know, when I walked into Alcoholics Anonymous in 2008, devoid of a healthy family system, I walked in and these people told me, we love you. We care about you and we believe in you. And I can remember some of those men in the front end um, of my recovery breathing life into me that otherwise wasn't there. And so I was just so convicted with that approach. So when we opened Peaks Recovery Centers, I opened up the treatment part because I knew that was the resourceful piece that was gonna keep the company going um, and keep it so we can continue to do circles, can continue to integrate into the 12-step way of life. And quite frankly uh, and candidly, it wasn't until I did a deep dive into my own personal story, um, into my own past, and really started to dismiss or explore some of that intensity that I still held with some of those rough edges in the early stages of peaks. So current time, um, I tend to believe it's, it's more of a, a both and proposition. Uh, I still believe, um, because the 12 steps has the most people in it and they've helped the most people, I tend to believe that that's the greatest resource we can integrate in, into the community. However, I also believe that should be met with a professional involved, and you should be walking the steps with the professional, with the support of the community. But the community today is so much more of an adjunct to what we do, and not the primary purpose, and not the primary source or the curriculum in which clients walk today. So it wasn't until I was able to have that personal experience, started Peaks with my overall personal experience, and Peaks has kind of moved in that direction with the help of some great clinicians and some great leaders. Um, and really me doing my work. Because um, when I did my work, I was like, you guys have been right all of these years. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. You know, and, and the reason I wasn't open to that early on was because of trauma. And, and, and how I define that in my life today is I'm looking for hard edges, right? 12 steps is the only way. Meeting every day for the rest of your life or you'll die. Um, have to do this. Counseling every day until it's over. And really a more recovering space that I'm learning and beginning to lean into today is this, is this kind of gray area in the middle where I can take it, I can leave it, it's functional, it's healthy, it's boundaried, and it's safe. You know, And so I tend to believe and, and really have a heavy emphasis on trauma-informed care now. I believe that the medical profession needs to be trauma-informed. I think teachers need to be trauma-informed. I think the world needs to be trauma-informed. And if we begin to become trauma-informed, we can understand things like craving states, and we can begin to dismiss this addiction thing. And so it's such a more hopeful view, whereas when I opened Peaks Recovery in 2014, I might have said, it's AA the rest of your life, or you'll die, or you won't have a good shot, or you won't be able to experience happiness in the way that you would in the center of that room. And today, I just don't believe that hard edge. Uh, I, I believe there needs to be some recovery space in there for people to navigate and find their true self. Um, and that's what trauma is, is it's that unalignment of the true self. And 
obviously that, that treatment or that healing and recovery is bringing that back in alignment. So. I don't think 2014 Chris would recognize this guy. No, he'd be lost with you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, He would say, who's this skinny guy sitting here? <laughs> right. Who's that skinny guy right. He's talking about plants? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm really grateful to be in this space and, and to have grown in my recovery because it's really helped me grow as a professional and see things a bit more clearly. Um, and it, it's been awesome. And it's really helped me too on the ground level. You know, I'm sitting with guys today that are in grief week or in family week, or in identity week, are um, you know, really doing these deep dives down to a place that I was unwilling to go for a long time. And now I get to just lock arms with them and say, man, I remember when I was going through that two weeks ago, or I remember six months ago, I was right where you were. Just keep fighting, keep supporting, keep locking arms. And so I've been able to really support my friends and family, and then folks in recovery in a really new and refreshing way uh, that I didn't know was possible, so. Yeah, and you get, I mean, you spend a great deal of time not only communicating with families on the front end of programming, but certainly meeting with each and every client throughout their treatment episodes, sitting down, having coffee with them. And I think, um, you know, something that I would like to draw your energy toward and introduce to the audience um, in a big way is what are, what are those moments like being in, you know, on coffee dates with, you know, men or, or women in early recovery and, um, you know, maybe walk us through some of those uh, challenges and sort of how you guide that as a process? Yeah, I mean, there, it's a great question and, and really a unique experience. Um, when I first got sober in, in 2008, my first sponsor, Larry Smith, was like, you're getting coffee with this guy. I was like, what, what are you talking about? What do you mean getting coffee with this guy? I don't want to get coffee with guys, right? I'm 22 years old. I don't get coffee with guys. Um, <laughs> not then anyway. And, and he said, Chris, you need to just trust the process. So I sat down and I had a cup of coffee. And in that cup of coffee, at 90 days sober, for the first time in my life, I realized what I was put on this earth to do. Hmm. Um, and so it was so profound in that moment. And what I was put on this earth to do was stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. I knew that on that day just through this intimate connection with another guy that I had, I had never met before. Um, and so I carried that with me into peaks and throughout the early stages of my recovery and even now, and when I get the opportunity to sit down with a young adult, a mature adult, um, it, it is so rewarding for me and so impactful, I assume, for the client because here is somebody who's sat in the seat they've sat in, walked through a painful journey of trauma exploration and healing, set tough boundaries, had difficult conversations, overcome adversity, um, been met with a tremendous amount of pain and shame of which we've been able to overcome. And so it really is, is inspiring for the client and very connecting. And it goes back to that idea in 2014 that nobody cares what you know until they know that you care. And I really want to show these clients that I care. And I tell them things like, hey, I love you, man. And I don't need to know you to tell you I love you, man. I love people that are working towards mental clarity and mental health. I just really engage and align with that fight. And so I have the most spiritual of experiences. You know, I sit with guys that tell me horrific stories of pain and shame, but then we're able to sit there and lock arms and have a smile as well and be hopeful for the recovery process. So a lot of times these guys and girls, young women, mature women um, in our women's program, they think they're coming in and they're going to get this, this great energy of which they will, and they may get a lot from it. But I'm leaving that moment so much more filled up, um, so much more recovery oriented than before that. 
Um, and they give me feedback too, you know, on different things and I can grow in certain areas. You know, I was sitting with a kid the other day and I was talking to him a bit about um, diet and food and energy and how it fills up your body and how bad food gives you inflammation and the recovery process and how really treating the whole person. And he looked at me clear as day, he said, Man, I would have thought you were just a plant-based guy. I would have had no idea you would eat all that horrible stuff. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, man. So I left that, mo and I was like, man, there's an opportunity for growth. For so many years with diet, exercise, it had these hard edges, right? And so in those opportunities that I get to set with clients, um, I do two a day, five days a week. Um, it really is both in. Like, he gets an opportunity to connect with the president of the company who kind of somewhat runs the show. Um, and then I get an opportunity to get a breath of fresh air from some young, new recovery, which is really invigorating. So it's a, it's a, really, it's a really cool experience. Yeah, and as the company's grown, I mean, it, it just feels like, you know, we talked about in the past episodes, Jason, you know, our whys and our, and our how and our what and so forth. And as the company has grown, you know, I, th I feel like both of you in this room are the ambassadors of our why at Peaks Recovery Centers. And, and that really incredible way, I feel like you guys continue to fulfill that promise that we engaged with in 2014 and certainly have allowed me opportunities, you know, through that business lens to cater to the company culture and the what and the how aspect of things. But, um, you know, I think we can experience and feel your energy and the why and all of this, but to state it firmly and, and really ground it, you know, what is your why? I mean, it is, was, and always has been to walk with people in the early stages of recovery in order to experience hope, change, and growth. Um, and that's what I'll continue to do. And it's not, it's not out in front of these people either, which is what I used to think it was. Um, I used to think that I had to be way out in front of the race. I had to be um, waving the checkered flag, follow me. And, and I just think for so much of my earlier recovery, it was more about being right than being helpful. Mm. And so I'm just really trying to be helpful now and set side by side with these guys side by side with staff, side by side with my family, side by side and in alignment with the world. And I just have found that there's such a, a much better path to navigate for me considering where I came from um, in my life, so. Well, you have, oh, go for it, please. Well, I was just gonna add, um, Chris, like when, when I met you back in 2014, um, well, when I came and joined Peaks, you did this thing that I'd never heard of called Circle uh, with clients. Um, and it wasn't clinical space. Like, in fact, uh, I think we all had to leave the room when you would do Circle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And probably needed to leave the room sure. just because it wasn't a very clinical environment. But um, <laughs> I, I am really curious, because uh, I have sat in on a few since then, but how has your Circle changed over the last... Seven years. So sir, maybe explain Circle and its background and then like how you approach it differently. Yeah, I mean, great, great question, great point. Um, Circle, when I first got involved in Circle, was back in Prescott, Arizona. Now, mind you, Prescott, Arizona has more treatment centers per capita than anywhere else in the world. And so you have a lot of inexperienced operators, myself included, mm -hmm. um, running treatment centers that they probably otherwise shouldn't be running, quite frankly. Uh, there's no education, there's no insight, there's no clinical acumen, there's no... And so <clears throat> they would allow these circles to happen, and, and it very much is kind of old school AA. Um, it's calling you out, it's accountability, um, and at the same time, I could probably say um, somewhat shaming. You know, we would go in there and we would... Uh, we would unpack things in a group setting that maybe otherwise would have been unpacked individually. But it, at the end of them, 
it was just really this connecting opportunity um, to come together as one. Um, but the circles that I saw in the past were kind of very shaming. And even when I opened Peaks, I tried to, the best I could, be devoid of shame. But I'm sure there was hard edges in there. Um, because I came from a 12-step approach, mm -hmm. which says, suit up, show up, shut up, oftentimes. Yeah. And that's the premise they stand on. And so I would go into these circles, suit up, show up, shut up. Right? And we would go around and we would accountable. We would check in from an accountability perspective. Honesty. What are you being dishonest about? So right away, I would tell a client, you're, you're being dishonest. dishonest. Yeah. Right away. Shame you're on shame. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if anybody's ever told you're a liar, but you're a liar. Yeah. Right? So just we understand today, and even then, I'm sure you did, <laughs> that this is not helpful. Shame yeah. on shame does nothing but drive more shame mm -hmm. and more pain. And so as we've been able to grow, or as I've been able to grow as a professional and in my recovery, and the recovery field has grown, um, we've been able to, you know, I was in circle just uh, this morning mm -hmm. and just had a really cool opportunity to check in with people, ask open-ended questions, don't do you statements, and just really have changed that part of it and brought it into a much more functional, comforting, and safe space. I have a tremendous experience on my personal trauma um, and the recovery therefrom, and I have a lot of experience on this recovery journey, and so I just try and combine those two things and see if I can't align with clients and we can't make some magic happen. Whereas before, it was kind of that other analogy where I was out in front and I'm like, this is the way, shut up and follow me. Mm. So just a huge shift and a shift that I'm hopeful that the field is paying attention to because we don't need people to stand on the table naked anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's not helpful. Yeah. So. Side note, that never happened at Peaks. Never happened at Peaks. Um, yeah, no way. Right. It's a metaphor. It's a total metaphor. Total metaphor. Yeah. yeah. Side note, yeah, good. Absolutely. Well, um, you know, it's certainly um, exciting to have you in the room and be thinking about these uh, things. And um, hopeful, too, the viewers can uh, also, I mean, there's just no doubt to me that they're going to be energized by your energy and so forth. But this, you, you provide an incredible amount of hope, and I think, you know, in, in parting ways here at the end of this episode, I'm curious about what you think are some of the major, you know, maybe put down, you know, one or two of what you believe are some of the major challenges moving forward, but also in the brilliant way that you always do, tie it up with hope um, as we exit this episode. Yeah, thank you. It's been really cool being in here, and it's, it's almost like I've never been here before. It's kind of what it feels like, really. Yeah. I mean, it's like... Anyway, um, <laughs> it's, we're, we're facing a lot of challenges, right? We're, we, we have a polarized world out there. Um, you know, depending on what side you're on, really doesn't matter. You're going to find Chris Burns and Peaks Recovery riding right up the middle. Because I want to be most helpful to most people, right? But we have to really let down our guard and move into a space of love and compassion because that's the bridge of which we all need to travel to help this mental health catastrophe. And not only, it was a mental health catastrophe before 2021 and before 2020. We had big issues. And so my, my big calling um, to the community, to the world, to the people is like, give a smile, give a handshake, give a hug, wrap your arms around somebody in need, create opportunity, don't draw lines in the sand. Uh, that's, people don't like to see that. Be inviting, be comforting. Um, and I have found that it's through that love and that compassion you can really connect, right? I've sat with people that love President Trump. I've sat with people that love President Biden. I've sat with people on, and the constant is recovery, compassion, love, because that's the, only, that's the only language we can speak today in order to get this thing right. 
in my opinion. It, it, we have to dismiss the hard edges, create the openness and opportunity, and understand that everybody is a unique individual and into themselves, and we should allow them to explore that. Um, and I think that's the problem with the world currently, is that we have a traumatized population who are living out their trauma on the people they care about, unfortunately, creating more mental health catastrophes and generational shame, pain, and trauma down the way. So love your neighbor. I'm all about it. Big hearts, big smiles. <laughs> <laughs> well, beautiful. I have, I have nothing to, to add to that uh, impactful um, energy that you just left us with in that regard. So we'll just uh, call this the exit at this time. Chris, thank you so much for being here. Excited to have you in this seat in the future, hosting it, bringing in your own uh, guests and so forth, and energizing that uh, ever-important recovery side of this journey. Uh, for all the viewers out there, uh, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, all the social media, YouTube. Um, we got, what, podcast, all sorts of ways to discover these opportunities um, along the way. And certainly feel free to reach out to us at findingpeaks at peaksrecovery.com. If you have questions, thoughts, concerns, things you'd love Chris to speak on in the future, myself to speak on, Jason, Clinton, whoever's hosting, um, and we love you all so very much and look forward to the next episode. Until next time. Peace.